It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. The present culture is more established than ever, yet so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps, whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years. We hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome back. Wait, what was that? Graduation. Why is electric guitar solo in that one, right? Like at every school assembly, there's always that one kid that wants to play like the Star Spangled Banner, like for for like you know for the pep rally. He's always like a beat slow. He's always just a little off. Like he's a little too little too mealy mealy and not enough like on tempo. But I just want, oh, I just want at one graduation, somebody, instead of the trumpet part hitting the high stuff, just somebody electric guitar, just like, just like, just like some kind of 80s rock-a-thon. It'd be great. I mean, you use the word mealy, mealy. It's a, it, yeah. So that's one Home of Star the, Runner? You not a fan of the Strong Bad? No, I, I love Strong Bad Runner. Uh, strong bad runner, <laughs> isn't that right? It, 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 home star, oh, home runner, star runner, yeah. strong bad wrote the email. It's okay, it's okay. He made kind of a comeback for a email. while. <laughs> email, email, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you, you off. You use this like It's always funny to me. Like musicians, they use words like to describe things. Yeah. One time, I was talking to a guy who used the phrase, "Oh man, that song's really crunchy." And I was like, "That was me." I was like, "What <laughs> is that?" I think you're just making fun of me by calling me anonymous right. people. Right? Well, I life. do that. I do yeah. that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. Those solos are really trenchant. They're good. <laughs> I don't get to say the. I don't get to use the music words. Trenchant. Yeah, it's a word. Trenchant. It's a word. That's so up. weird. It's All right. Okay. So, anyways, graduation. Sorry, I cut you off. Hi, welcome to After Nine. This is my name's Chad Higgins, and I'm Zach Workin. And it's just it's graduation season. And if you're a youth pastor, you probably are in the middle of going to all the graduations you could ever want or you are done with them and me singing that song just brought back oh man they're right. lining up again yeah right you may be listening to this during a graduation, during graduation. ceremony that would be great if you are please text us immediately because you you're in the stands and none of your kids know you're there until they're done that's right and then um, you can get onto the football field. I'm pretty sure cell phone games took off because of graduation oh, ceremonies. It's so long. That was the first time that I was like, I, I need entertainment. Oh, wait, there's games on my phone. I should be doing this instead of that. Yeah. Why? Can we just have a moment? Why is it that some places every kid gets to talk? Like every kid gets the speech. I don't know. I went to one this year. Where there were ten student speeches, what? and okay, okay, so here's okay, so we're gonna go back to our history. Chad and I are speech and debate kids from back in the day. Here is my complaint: as the kid that had the three point nine GPA that didn't get to make the speech as a valedictorian or salutatorian, why would you have the brightest kids that are the most studious 
take the stage and make a speech to a room full of people when one, public speaking is usually everybody's number one fear, and two, you've got a dynamic, amazing improv or mock trial or debate team with trained young speakers. Mm, that's like saying, hey guys, boring, that's though. like, hey guys, we're going to go out and play basketball. We thought the chess club should suit up and play against the JV, right? Like, no one wants to see the chess club shoot hoops. I mean, maybe you do. I do. But not, not in a serious way. Ah, just I, we got there's somebody it's that's rough. probably really offended that we said chess club and basketball are incompatible. But well, it's just know. they're forever long, right? Yeah. There's graduation, not chess. That as well. Um, yeah. So, anyways, it it is upon us. It, the season is here. It's you know what it is. I'm sure graduation ceremonies are for some people what church services are for others. Where you like understand there's some kind of ritual happening, and the songs that were chosen may not be your pick, mm-hmm. but I guess it's the ones you're supposed to sing, and the person speaking doesn't feel like it's the person that probably should be speaking, but for whatever onerous reason, they're up there, and you're just really waiting to get to the end when they get to have like all the snacks towards the end. My favorite is just the fact that I can sit in the stands, and I just get to feel like I get this little... like snapshot into all of these people's like family life okay you know what i mean it's like <laughs> family psychology right? 101 like kelsey evans right and then yeah. her uncle's like you know pulling his shirt up <laughs> and he's like kelsey yeah. written across spelt the- wrong the <laughs> right? s is backwards but it, he's there for her and it's he's great. got the like bullhorn and all this kind of stuff air horns bullhorn jet my favorite were the cowbells where it was like not like the right. like it was like some kind of 90s club but the cowbell where it's like clank 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 right, clank yeah. clank like it's just classy right just classy <laughs> it's funny because it and it changes every person right you get to see their family it's like yeah. You know, the one kid and the family quietly stands up and golf claps and all this kind of stuff. And then the next person, it's like, you know, we love you. We didn't think you could do it. First in our family. <laughs> like, I just love that. Like, I just imagine you being at a graduation and not even watching the graduates, but just looking to make oh, yeah. contact with the family of like who all's there, what they're doing, what they're about, where they're seated. My favorite, and maybe this is only true for me and not for you, but some of the seating at here in the Tulsa area graduations, like, I mean, you typically sit kind of like on the sides of the back, but if you get in just late enough after the securities kind of like let their watch down, you can sneak right down to bribe off behind the stage. So you're kind of in front of the whole audience, but you're just a little bit off of the stage. So you're just in like eye line of everybody that's a spectator, but nobody on stage can see. Those are my favorite people that sneak in late. I love it. I love because they're just ready to do something, you know, nefarious. Did anything like crazy happen at like your own graduation? So at our graduation in 2003, um, they were really concerned with keeping it a very uh, civil affair because the class before us was a little. So they like inspected us, like patted us down, <laughs> and, like made sure we didn't have anything. I remember one of the guys I was sitting next to, like this, only only in high school is this funny. I guess later in life it's just like sad, but he was packing beach balls in his um, tall socks. So like I'm sitting next to him <laughs> for graduation, and he like hikes his gown in his like pants up and like shows me that he's got in one leg he's got two cans of silly string and the other leg he had a beach ball so that after he passed because we were kind of towards like the mid front or whatever he was gonna blow him up and be ready with the silly string ready to go and i was like man you are cool (laughs) (laughs) i was jealous because he brought stuff and i didn't Uh, but they were really great about like after like the last graduate 
kind of across the stage, they passed out all these streamers. Like every row had like dozens and dozens of streamers. And so they all kind of like commended us at the same time we threw them up. And I remember being underneath this like canopy of streamers thrown overhead and it was a very cool moment. So they were very, very strict, but they also kind of rewarded us with this really kind of special, almost like concert like moment of just being like covered in streamers. So can I tell you about my senior? I needed to know. Yeah. Tell me senior prank, senior prank. Oh my gosh. So here's what I did. I was part of, uh, like, the office aid, right? Like, that was, like, one so of my... So you had access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so senior year, the receptionist in our high school office hands me a flash drive. Okay. And she said, hey, take this down to the printing room and um, and start getting these printed off. And they were the... Um, brochures for the graduation okay okay so i made a quick stop by the computer lab threw that bad boy in there and on the back side of our graduation announcements were a list of like everyone that was graduating yeah there my name was chad higgins and so i highlighted it bold italicized and then I pulled the flash drive out, went and had it uh, printed. And so all of the brochures, my name on the back, bold and italicized. Nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> just, just me. I, I, it was like just enough to where it was like a couple of people were like, wait, why is your what's name? That, what's going on? And I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe I, don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm, you know, student council president. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Oh, you, and you so, would have reasons. So, anyways, it was just like this little internal joke for myself. This and is I, re- it. I love how unself-incriminating of a crime it is. Like, you wasn't like you, and then you like picked out one other like random student. And was like, no man, it must have been Stephen because his name's highlighted too. <laughs> I just figured by the time anybody noticed, it was too late. Too late, you could undo it. Yeah. yeah. And what are they going to do? Suspend you? Yeah, yeah I'm leaving. Over anyway. that, yeah. bold and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, take me to court. I dare you. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> That's great. Well, today, Chad, we want to talk about, I think, something in ministry that is both seasonal, but also kind of timeless as well. And that's kind of knowing what to do with graduates in ministry. I mean, this is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, graduation season. It's the month of May. Uh, You've got students in your ministry that either this month or if you have school that's letting out in June, like students that are graduating out of of high school ministry or graduating out of middle school ministry into high school. And for right, wrong, or whatever, they are transitioning from probably your care in the life of the church into someone else's. I mean, if they're considered a college student and in the college ministry, if that's not under your umbrella, or if they're in now just to the um, college and career, the young adult division of your church, that probably means they're a full-blown real adult person and they, you know, they come under the care of a pastor or associate pastor that's maybe not you. What do we do? Like, where, what, what, what happens next? Like, how do we, how do we care for them? How do we still nurture them? How do we release them? Like, in many ways, this is kind of almost a parenting question, but it's the pastoral parent question of like, some of these people we've had for six months or for six years, and we love them. We care about them. Like the, the you know, they've they like discern their calling. They've kind of figured out some of their purpose in life under our tutelage, under our pastoral watch. But it's maybe also time for to kind of release them and let them go too. Right. So wh- where do we start? What do we do? I think I think that's a great question. One, I think it's a question that 
if you're waiting until um, your seniors graduate to figure yeah. that out, I think it's probably too late. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, I think that we, we're wrestling with the same exact problem yeah. every single year. You right? feel like this is kind of a universal thing, right? Like, Do you think it's universal across churches and then also maybe the same problem every year or like i mean do you feel like this is resonant for a lot of folks i think so i think it i think it depends on a few things i think it depends on the size of your church and where your church is located okay right if your church is in some sort of university college town this probably isn't as big of a question because your church probably has a little bit more of a robust college ministry, young professional ministry. But if you're in a town... Kind of that, a natural place for them to kind right. of roll into, yeah. I, I think if you're in a town and, and you're in a church that with these young professionals, it's just like, well, all right, welcome to quote-unquote big church. Welcome you, to adult life. Yeah. Right, and it's like... <laughs> I'm 19. Oh, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Go sit over there next to Thelma. <laughs> I'm still a teenager, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite is the is the eighteen nineteen. That's like, well, you're an adult. I'm like, I'm not. I'm still a teen. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and so I think that it's these questions that we're rolling around. I, I am a massive proponent in that if our student ministries are designed and structured in a way to make really good students, then I think we're failing our kids. Okay. Um, I, I think that the things that we're about and the things that we're pointing to, I think we've got to start helping students in the church world develop and grow into being um, healthy, productive adults in the life of the church. Okay. Because I think if our whole goal is to have just to have a really awesome student ministry, yeah. Then I, I think we're doing uh, some of our students some disservice in sure. some ways that maybe we're not developing them in this way that. Once they step out, they're ready for some of that, and so I think that we've we've um, we've got to think through some of the ways that we structure our ministry, some of the things that we're pushing students in and towards, to where once they graduate, it's not this like off the edge of the cliff. What do I do now? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think that that's really really important. Well, and I think the way that we start to talk about that in this context is your ministry should not be flat. Uh, I think for some folks, w- whether you are in charge of several grades or high school, middle school, or whatever, like y- your your ministry planning program is just the same year round, all the time. I like you know I teach on Sunday, we have Sunday school on Sundays. I teach on Wednesdays or whatever, and there needs to be kind of an ebb and flow, a life cycle of your ministry. Uh, for some folks, this is as simple as well. We have some middle school stuff, or we have some high school stuff. Um, for some folks, this is a little more graduated, or maybe it's like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. But there needs to be some kind of plan. Some, you know, For some churches, this is like milestone markers. But there needs to be some kind of like graduated plan for graduation. Like, and I think Chad, you're very right in saying that like, if this is something that you haven't really thought about until you get their name engraved on a Bible on May 1st, um, then you probably have done a disservice in your ministry rather than done you know, kind of the – the growing, maturing kind of service that the ministry can kind of offer alongside, you know, the rest of their adolescent development. You know, that their spiritual development coincides with kind of the ways in which they think about what is next and what they're about and what they're called to and purpose in life. And so if you're just bringing a good word every week and haven't begun to think about the ways in which your ministry equips and prepares, uh, then you you don't have that full kind of like wave of ministry of when you first kind of receive or, you know, inherit these students to when you will ultimately release them into the next, you know, kind of phase or wave of life. And I think 
I think it's so it's so important to think about not just what you're going to do this week. I mean, we talk about this a lot. Like, you cannot just be the minister that's worried about what's going to happen this week, but what your plan for this year into next year is. Like, there should be things set up that whenever a student enters into your ministry, there are certain things that you will always kind of deliver unto them, and then also certain kind of big questions that you will help them face in various levels, both at kind of like large group, small group, and hopefully even like a mentoring individual level, either through you or through another minister or uh, like, you know, youth worker leader in your church. So for you, Zach, like what is, let's talk like practical, um, like when are you doing like promotion kind of Sunday stuff? Like, do you do that at the beginning of the summer, the end of the summer? Are you bringing in... I? Do you do sixth graders in your So we're seven through 12. Okay. So, so our, our model is is the children's ministry is kind of birth through six, and then we're kind of seven through 12 slash I oversee the college and young adult ministry stuff okay. as well. Um, for, for us, we, we have typically inherited them at the first of the summer. Okay. Um, so, you know, May. So you're is, bringing in new incoming seventh graders at the beginning of the Our summer. new seventh graders are being brought in in the summertime. Now, the thing that we're experimenting with this year, and I'll, t- I'll check back with everybody after the summer, let you know how it goes, is that for the duration of the summer, um, the seventh graders are mine in my small group as kind of an introductory orientation small group. Okay. So on Sunday mornings, Typically, we would do middle school guys, middle school girls, and then do 9, 10, and 11, 12 together. Those are kind of our major four groups. That's kind of how things break out. For this summer, the seventh graders, guys and girls, will be with myself and one of our other girl leaders to kind of like get them situated, get them feeling kind of known, but also letting me get to know them. Right. They know you, you know them. As this new class, kind of orientation class of small groups, so that when we get into the school year, August, September, they will fold into the middle school guy, middle school girl, small group. This does a couple things. Um, We will promote everybody else up, and so all of our high school graduates move on to our college ministry this summer. They still can go to camp with us and maybe like check around some on Wednesday nights, but most of them have already kind of committed that they're you know they're moving on with stuff. This gives my seventh graders a chance to be eighth graders on their own because they will not have these fresh seventh graders kind of coming right behind them. Um, but it gives my high schoolers a chance to kind of reset over the summer with their new small groups. And so by the time we get to this fall, hopefully everybody kind of has a new feel for how things will look and kind of happen. And then also we have this kind of like almost reset button again. So there's kind of like this soft reset this first part of the summer. And then this fall, we launch into a whole new year of stuff. And yeah. so. That's fascinating because one of the things transitionary. <laughs> well, and, and here's the deal: I think it's really important because one of the things I've seen in student ministry is with every graduation, with with every graduating class, and with every new class that comes in, your culture of your student ministry changes shift, a, yeah. a lot. Like um, I, I know, and I've kind of I coined this phrase or whatever. Yeah, but um, I've I've often referred to it as the wake. Okay. Um, meaning like a, the wake behind a boat. Yeah. Every time I've had like a really strong class that's Graduate graduated out, yeah. out, normally the two classes right behind them um, are a little less. Well, they're a little less like numerically, but then also just like it always feels very like noticeable. Okay. Right? Like, like a couple of years ago, <laughs> something that was there is now gone. <laughs> right. Uh, a couple of years ago, man, I had a uh, a class that was just had some dominant leaders in it, and like just some strong go getters, yeah. man. And I mean, they 
personalities were huge and all that kind of stuff. And so the minute they walked out of the room, it was like that next week, it's like, hmm, oh, oh, okay. Little, all right. A little more dim that week. Well, yeah. it was just, it, it, it wasn't bad. It was just so different. Yeah. Right? Okay. And so I think for, man, maybe an entire summer, our students were going, where is my place in this whole thing now? Well, can I can I tell you the yeah. thing that that we started last summer that I think this year is going to pay back in dividends on on Wednesday nights in the summer our midweek stuff because there's not really a good space to do any kind of like series or extended teaching because it's like two weeks on and then we're going to camp and then it's like two weeks on and then it's like VBS and like all these other kind of like interruptions. Um, we have students lead. Um, the majority of what goes on on midweeks. So we kind of help work with them in the planning, but this is the moment where the sophomore or the junior, who's now a junior or senior, gets to step in and lead in uh, song time or in teaching time, kind of share time stuff. And so it becomes this kind of like reestablishment of like the new regime or whatever. So like last year we had um, some sophomores and juniors share that are now juniors and seniors it's evident that they were the ones last summer that were kind of like, why well, I, I do the music now, or I, I, I have you know some insight on this, or like you know like man, he's awesome or she's amazing, and so I think that's been really helpful at kind of padding that summer transition. Is that like um, this kind of gives like some leadership identity beyond just having like a leadership team or structure? It's like very visibly like oh like you know he or she like they're some of the people that we can look to and turn to. Um, for stuff, so Very cool. man, it's. I'll let you know after this summer, kind of how things are looking. Um, but I really feel like that this summer is a chance to get it right for like a long wake of these next, right. you know, five six years. Um, but it's also really exciting because our college ministry gets to kind of go ahead and absorb some of these new graduates before they're gone to school, right? Like I, I love, I'm an advocate for getting them into our college ministry before they depart for enrollment weekend in August uh, because they need to feel like it's a place they can come back to. For a lot of our students, um, they're going to state school in a different town than where we are. Um, there are some that are sticking around, and for them it's important to make the connection. But I want it to be a place that if, you know, if you've gone away to college that you can come back on a weekend and feel like that you're a part of what's going on and what we're awesome. doing. So it's good. Well, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about how we get our students plugged into the life the body um, as a whole. That way, when they go off to college, they're much more likely to have this faith that sticks um, and get plugged in in those ways. And what might happen if you don't? Horror stories ahead. Stick around. Hey, After Nine listeners. Chad and Zach are so excited about what is next, and we want to keep you in the know. If you are not in the After Nine email club, then sign up today at bit.ly slash after nine email. That's bit.ly slash after nine email. Each week, Zach and Chad are sending out encouraging words and monthly bonus features. Hear even more hilarious stories and encouraging and honest words about youth ministry. Sign up today at bit.ly slash after nine email or visit www.afternineministry.com to learn more. Hey, thanks for coming back. Hanging out with us. Thanks for not graduating and never returning again. Oh, sorry. That statistic still haunts a lot of people that 90% of people involved in youth ministry after they graduate never darken the doors of church again. I heard it was all made up. Did you? Yeah. Is that real? Yeah, I actually heard that a lot of... Because <laughs> it felt like you just made that up. No. Is it uh, you know, 30, 37% of all statistics. Just made up on the spot, yeah. Um, no, I, I I did hear that there there's not as 
accident. It's not as staggering as that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's like 90% in like the first 90 days. And I get that. I get that. I mean, do student ministry can be one of those things that like sometimes I think the students are as, as exhausted by all the things that happen in student ministry as we are as student pastors. Like sure. I think there's sometimes where it's like, you know, you get especially those kids that are involved in everything two, three times a week. There can be that first month of, of college where you're just like, I don't have to go to church sure. this week. And I wonder if there is some kind of like exhaustion for the well, I, I the, think, the church committed Christian young person. I think I think the culture's changed a lot, right? And okay. when, when a lot of those statistics were studied and, and written, I, I don't know about you, Zach, but over the last ten years of student ministry for me, um, things have vastly vastly changed. Okay, right? like the type of students that positive we, change, change for the good. Um, no, I think y- yes and no. Okay. Um, I think that the the number of students that are in our ministries, or at least mine, um, and, and I would say talking to a lot of other people, I think this is true, um, that the students that are there today um, probably have to make much more of a choice to be there. Okay. Um, in their high school, middle yeah, school, high school age. And okay. just in their life, right? Like I can remember when me and you were students in student ministry. It seemed like me and like every friend I knew went to church somewhere, somewhere right? It's that like early 2090s student ministry where yeah. it was just like – I mean you'd have churches of like 300 people that have a student ministry of like 170, right? right? Yeah, and, yeah. And so like – When Wednesday was still sacred. Right, and all those kind of things. <laughs> and then like – Everyone went to church because their friends were all there and all that kind yeah. of things. And I think today's teen culture is completely different. Sure. Where, and we're talking – I know that for our listeners out there, we have people all over the country. And so for some of you, you're like, what in the world are these guys talking about? But in the South, right, like kids – Church was social. Yeah, church yeah. was social. People went there, all that kind of stuff. And now I think that a lot of our students that are there, like – they're choosing to be there. They yeah. are proclaimed believers, all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's not just this like social thing anymore. It's yeah. like there's some meat to it. And so I think when you start looking at statistics like that, I think that those are probably based a little bit more on um, maybe the older culture. What used to be, yeah. And I think a lot of your students that are your committed, true, believing Christians, I think they're going off to college and they're trying to get plugged in. Yeah. They may float around a little bit and trying to find that tr- that first church home for sure, themselves and sure. all that kind of stuff that may be difficult. But I think for a lot of them, I think they want faith to be um, something of theirs in college. Now, yeah. obviously, there are kids that go off and, you know, run down a path that, that breaks your heart and all those kind of things. But um, I, I think for a lot of them... Well, and I would even offer, I think the faith still holds is real, right? I think sometimes the statistic doesn't always measure... Um, well, yeah, maybe they weren't, like... You know, they didn't join another church, right? Like they didn't move their membership to another church. But I think there is maybe even a larger percentage of a true percentage of folks that, you know, the faith of their youth is still near and dear. And maybe they're plugged into a parachurch organization or maybe they're, you know, on the regular attender list of the church in the new town that they're living in. But I think the ways in which we should um, be encouraged in our efforts at youth ministry is. Is, in, is having them find ways to be a part of the local church body beyond just the programming that we get to be in control of. Right. Uh, I, I think for all the things that you fellow youth minister are doing right, know that there are other areas in the church that need the life and the vibrance um, that you bring and that your young people bring um, 
you know, church wide. Like they, they need they need to see church um, happen in an age range that's wider um, than just their own little cloister of thirteen to seventeen or fourteen to seventeen. Um, they need to see what the children are up to. They need to know that the senior adults get together once a month and have a meal and are silly and funny together too. They know that the worship ministry is open to them. That it's not just about being you know thirty five or older to be in part of the band or the choir or the orchestra or whatever. But I also think, and this is the thing that I want to offer to you, Chad, maybe as a different kind of spin, that they can be faithful in different buildings too. So this is one of the things that's been kind of my experiment as a youth pastor, both when we were in Oklahoma City and now here in Tulsa, is to try to partner with other churches and have my students, have their students, the partner churches, worship in each other's like buildings and each other's kind of gatherings so that my young people don't associate faithfulness with Southern Hills right. or that my people don't, don't associate what it means to worship on Sunday at First Baptist, right? Like they need to know that the Methodist church or the other Baptist church or the non-denominational church or the storefront church or the large church or the small church, like all these places can be faithful congregations that, you know, believe Jesus and worship God and gather together as, as, as the body. And so I think that beyond just the programs, beyond just the you know personal devotion, that they need to see see faith play out in different places, in different lives, and in different relationships. Yeah, I think I think that that's good. That for for me, I mean, that's part of my ministry structure, right? Like our th- three big kind of values that that we run around are connect, develop, and release. Yeah. And so that my final piece of my puzzle has is release. I like I, I feel like if I'm trying to build a student ministry and that's not like part of my plan yeah. of these kids not being here anymore, then yeah. I've failed them <laughs> in some ways. And so like I don't put it in those words, but w- when we talk about release, it is um, release into the world and release uh, into the church. Okay, and so we we talk through a lot of what it looks like to be plugged into the body of Christ, um, to be uh, serving here. And so, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that um, I, I am so excited about in our student ministry is we have we have students literally serving in every single department that's cool. in our entire church. That's cool. And so, and, and our students love it, and they get to see this bigger picture of it and my hope is for that kid that's on the greeting team right yeah that when they go off to college then they already know the process and and we don't i don't do any like special steps for my students because i don't i don't feel like giving them that crutch helps them right they have to go through the same process of signing up for a team yeah you know on their own i, I make sure they know where it's all at and our ministry yeah. booth and all that kind of stuff but they've got to go through that whole process auditioning for the sunday morning band, band all that yeah. kind of stuff like they walk through that whole thing and there's not this like okay you're guaranteed a spot yeah. because we have so many student you know what i mean yeah that's not how it works and so um by virtue of office <laughs> yeah right and and so we try to get students plugged in, in in different areas but then i think as they go off um i i think that we need to as student ministers and and i know that this is probably an area that i need to even put more work into is knowing some really like Bible believing life giving churches in some of these like 
main college towns yeah. that your students are going to? We will always have students for our context go to the University of Oklahoma right. and Oklahoma State University. That's just right. inevitable, right? And so we, we should probably have a good person to call um, in in those two towns that's like, hey, you got to know about Jackie and Anita because they're coming and right. I want you to get connected with them. Yeah. So if you're currently listening in Norman or Stillwater well, and you, you want call- like <laughs> – some, Some of the messed LSF up kids, kids from Bartlesville and Tulsa, please call www.afternineministry.com. No, that's great. Um, but but I, what, a, what an odd kind of spin, right? So one of the phrases used earlier was to be able to count the kids that aren't there. And I think a lot of some of the struggle that we have as youth pastors that we've gone back to in this kind of After Nine podcast is we want butts in chairs. Like what if there was another like kind of like ghost number of like, okay, there's so many kids we have this week, but serving – outside of our ministry we know that we've put people in this town and this place of service like the place i went to seminary there's a map and there's pins in every country and then in cities in the u.s where graduates are right right? like what if our youth ministry was modeled in that way i'm not just like all these chairs are full with these butts and we're getting new chairs next week to fill those with more butts but what if there was like a Man, no, he's he's in he's in Arkansas, or you know, she's serving in Ecuador, or where you know, she's he's he's going to school abroad, or you know, he's here in town and he's a part of of Red Cross, or he's serving at the food bank, and sure. like that's like you know, he, he he's he's kind of in a gap year or whatever the language you want to use for the various different things that they're doing. But you know where your graduated students have been released to, right. like how cool would that be as a metric, right? Like right. more than just well, we had this many last week during our little gathering, but this is where our students have ended. It up that have been you know through our ministry. I, I think you have to look at it that way, right? Because if you don't like, I'll, I'll give this analogy. I, I think a lot of times we build these student ministries that are the most unhealthy, like parenting relationships in our, in our culture. Okay, right? like <laughs> we're just bad dads, just a bunch of bad dads. Well, imagine <laughs> if you had if you had a mom and a dad, right? Who raised a kid that they loved being with mom and dad so much, right? And they never want to leave mom and dad's house. Dad Chad is so nice and so funny, and he always had fruit snacks. And they, (laughs) yeah, and they never want to grow up, and they never want to leave, and they just always want to stay in this nice little comfortable place because, man, we've got all kinds of student ministry shirts, and we are like sold out for our student ministry. It's like we've got to stop selling kids out for our student ministry ministry and start selling people out for the kingdom of God and and get away from this like bigger kingdoms for ourselves, and understand like what can actually help these students. And Mm. it's not for them to stay 15 years old for the rest of their life, but it's for them to integrate into something so much bigger than themselves. And so um, that's my hope and that's my prayer because the last thing I want to do is to create a student ministry that like ends up with you know, a 40-year-old dude down in the basement playing, like, Halo for 15 hours. Forever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like that, that that there are probably on the surface some very, quote-unquote, healthy student ministries out there that may look good on the surface, but all they're creating is 15-year-old kids that never want to leave. They're just contributing to that extended adolescence. No, that's good. That's a good word, man. And I think the encouragement for our listeners here today is this. Uh, when you're sitting at graduation stuff this year, maybe as you finished – 
be thinking about those that you have now as graduates, but also those that are coming through your ministry so that next year and the year after and the year after, you would see that not as another chore or another ritual to participate in May every stinking year, but to see it as a time of release of, I am so proud and I know they are going places and they have purpose and we have equipped them with their passions and in their pursuit of following God with their whole lives. And it is the most encouraging song that you can hear every single May. Absolutely. So here's the horror story that Zach told you that we would leave. We promised with. it. <laughs> so I, I, if I, you don't, dear listener, if you yeah, don't. I know I know a youth minister that actually lost his job over, over this kind of deal. So he had um, students, did a, I think probably a really good job at connecting with these students. They graduate. They didn't go off to college, stayed around um, because they were connected to the student ministry, to the youth minister. Wednesday night, they continued to keep coming. Back right? again The and youth again minister again. never set up proper boundaries. Um, I, I don't know who these students were, so they probably weren't like leader quality and yeah. so they never did like background checks on them, anything like that. They basically were just – they became 19-year-old people, 20-year-old mm. people. 14th grade, 15th grade. <laughs> continued to come around and what ended up happening, you had parents of middle school students that started getting concerned. Why is there this 21-year-old guy that's coming, you know, hanging out with these students and all those kind of things? Mm. Something ended up happening away from the church, nothing like scandalous or anything. Just one of those older boys got in trouble, and then it was like this like straw that broke the camel's back um, f- for all these parents in, in this church were extremely upset because they know this kid. Now, why is this kid always there on Wednesday night mm. hanging out with my you know, 11-year-old daughter. And mm. and those kind of things are boundaries that we as youth ministers have to set for um, people to make sure that our students are safe and to help those kids that are needing to transition into that next step for their life. And so we need to think through these. If we're just reactionary in our leadership, I don't think we're doing anyone any good. Good. Have a plan. Stick to it. Have a graduation plan for your graduates. Um, we are so thankful for you After 9 listeners uh, make sure to check us out at www.after9ministry.com or follow us on Twitter uh, we are thankful for you in this season and we look forward to a really bright and prosperous time and summer with you thanks for listening to After 9 join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook Twitter or visit after9ministry.com to share your story